0: Good morning, everyone, and welcome to Stocks and Coffee. I'm Travis, your Stock Geek. Today is Wednesday, October 12th, 2022. U.S. stocks are up slightly today after a choppy morning of trading, similar to what we've seen over the last one or two sessions. The S&P is currently up about a quarter of a percent, the NASDAQ up about 0.4%, and the Russell Index down about two-tenths of 1%. Early gainers include Moderna up 11% as the FDA has authorized more COVID booster shots for younger children, We also see no before up 12% on rumors of a Vista equity buyout at $25 a share. PepsiCo up 5% after beating earnings and raising guidance. They have had very strong pricing increases. In fact, they've been raising prices at a mid-teens percentage rate. Those price increases and pricing power helped the company beat their revenue guidance. Revenue was up 9%. Actually, organic revenue growth was 16%. And that, of course, was helped by those pricing increases. Like I said, they did have about a 3% currency headwind. So they're growing earnings as well, about a mid-teens percentage rate, although they do expect that to moderate in the coming quarters. But pretty interesting earnings report. If you've got pricing power in this environment, then you know your top line and overall growth rate should be pretty good. We also see Pollo Loco up 15% today after announcing a special dividend. The cruise lines, Royal Caribbean, Carnival, and Norwegian up about 5% after UBS upgraded Norwegian cruise lines today to a buy rating. And we also see a few other stocks out there gaining, like Lyft and Uber, which are reversing some of their declines yesterday. So Lyft and Uber up about 5 to 6%. On the loser side, Owens Miner is down about 31% after a guidance cut and a preliminary earnings announcement that showed pretty big weakness. That company, of course, has pretty high debt leverage on the balance sheet, net debt to EBITDA of about 5x. So the medical products and services provider having some difficulties not hitting their numbers. They also have some executive leadership transition happening there, and the stock is reacting quite negatively today. Cameco, the large uranium producer, is also down about 15% after announcing a joint acquisition of the nuclear facilities builder Westinghouse. So Westinghouse has been owned by Brookfield Partners. They're going to be selling the business to Cameco and also another Brookfield subsidiary for a $8 billion price tag. And so Cameco going to probably need to sell some stock and or debt to help finance the transaction, which is why the stock is down. We also see Inviva down about 19% after a short report came out from Blue Orca, a short-selling firm. And we see some other stocks down as well on no major news. Doximity down about 11%. That stock's been under continued pressure post-IPO. And then SunPower down 8% as well. I've been wondering about the solar sector. You know, we've had this big announcement, of course, uh, from the U.S. about chip export restrictions to China, so escalating the U.S.-China trade war tensions that have been basically happening since 2018. And since the Trump administration, the Biden administration has continued and even in some cases, escalated these trade wars. And so, I'm wondering, you know, the solar sector gets something like 75 or 80% of all of their polysilicon and wafer inputs from Chinese producers, and I'm wondering if maybe the solar industry could be at risk of losing a lot of its key supply chain as a retaliation from China. Now, we haven't seen any announcements of that yet, but that's something I'm a little bit concerned about for the solar sector, which has been a relatively good performer, like first solar still trading near its highs, and a lot of solar stocks still doing pretty well after the Inflation Reduction Act, of course, earmarked significant amount of capital to help the not only solar sector build more plants, but also to give the tax credits to buyers of solar projects. So we'll see how it all plays out. Pluses and minuses, of course, for those sectors here in the in recent months. But it's something to think about as far as the, the supply chain components that come out of China there for some of these solar producers. Looking outside of stocks, Commodities are showing a bit of weakness here today with crude down about 3%, gold down about three quarters of 1%, silver down over 2%, and copper down 1%. There's some concerns, of course, in the commodity complex out there about a weakening global macroeconomic environment, which could be weighing on some of those commodities here today, even though we've seen some strength in crude in recent sessions because of the OPEC production cuts, but it is pulling back a little bit here today. On the government bond side, it's been pretty choppy and volatile trading in European and UK bonds. We saw European yields up today across several different countries. The UK yields were up a lot early, but have pulled back somewhat. We also see a little bit of a pullback in US government bond yields down about two to four basis points across the curve. So relatively muted government bond price action, despite the fact that we did get a major piece of macro data out this morning in the US with the producer price index or the PPI, the numbers did come in slightly above expectations at 0.4% growth month over month. It's still at about an 8.5% year-over-year growth rate, and of course, that's a very high rate for the cost of inputs for producers, but that's below some of the 11-plus percentage figures we saw over the summer. So it is trending still down somewhat on a year-over-year basis, but on a month-over-month basis it did increase a little bit. But overall, these PPI numbers didn't seem to change any of the macro implications today, judging by price action in global markets. Tomorrow, we'll have the CPI, the Consumer Price Index, data out, and that will be widely watched and could have some implications for markets again tomorrow. Later today, we'll get the Fed meeting minutes from September. I doubt that will have any earth-shattering conclusions since we've heard the same line of talk from Fed speakers in recent weeks. Switching gears, there's an individual stock that's been really catching my attention in recent weeks, and that is Meta Platforms, M-E-T-A, formerly known as Facebook. Why is the stock starting to really intrigue me, and why have I been buying some in recent days? Well, beside the fact that it's at a 52-week low today, it's at a n- near five-year lows, and in fact, valuation multiple-wise, it is at multi-year lows, maybe the cheapest it's ever been post-IPO when looking at things like a price-to-earnings multiple, EBITDA multiples, et cetera. The stock clearly has a bearish tilt today, and in fact, there's been a long bull bear argument on this stock for many years. A lot of people hate Facebook because of the role it played in misinformation spreading around election times in recent years. And frankly, Facebook Blue has been losing relevance among younger age cohorts, in the US at least, it has been growing globally. Essentially, one of the key questions about Facebook is what does the future of the advertising platform look like if Facebook Blue is gonna lose relevance? and Instagram is facing significant competition from TikTok. The other key question, of course, is what happens with all this money that Meta is spending on this metaverse concept? In fact, they just announced yesterday some new Oculus headsets with a price of $1,500. And even though they've seen some traction there, there's a question about whether or not the 10 billion of annual spend Facebook is doing in the metaverse stuff is ever going to pay off from a shareholder perspective. There are many investors who believe the metaverse spend is essentially going to be wasted on a trying to build this platform that users are never really going to use in mass, and it's never going to deliver significant earnings growth for Meta. And finally, on top of the secular concerns, there's also concerns in the near term about what a global recession will do to the near term revenues and earnings for Meta. All of these concerns have helped push the stock down 62% year to date. Meta is now trading for about 13 times this year's earnings estimates and about 6.1 times EB to EBITDA. The current market cap is just over $340 billion, and with almost $40 billion of cash and equivalents on the balance sheet, that means enterprise value is only around $300 billion. How do we put the $300 billion enterprise value into context? Well, Facebook produced nearly $40 billion of free cash flow last year, and in fact, almost $40 billion of free cash flow in the prior year as well. That's despite all the spending that's happening on the metaverse stuff in the past year. So despite all the negativity and people who say that Facebook is dying, this is a company that gushes cash flow and an EV to free cash flow multiple of 10 times for a huge global platform that a lot of small and medium and large businesses depend on to reach customers is pretty compelling in my opinion. You basically have to believe that either the global economy never recovers, or Facebook will spend increasing amounts of money on the metaverse that will never pay off and they will never shut off that spending, or Facebook will slowly die over the next decade as TikTok takes over the world. I mean, the scenarios that justify the current price for meta are incredibly bearish. So if you believe as I do that the global economy will eventually recover, that Facebook won't spend gobs and gobs of money forever on the metaverse if it doesn't work, and things like Instagram reels will continue to get increasingly monetized and that Facebook won't totally die off as a platform, that includes, by the way, not only Facebook but Instagram and WhatsApp, then buying at today's prices could be a pretty good, compelling setup from a risk-reward perspective. Though it could take looking more than one quarter out, there are potential future catalysts out there, such as a global economy that eventually improves, increased monetization of Instagram reels, perhaps even lowering spending on the metaverse stuff until they show more success. I mean, what if the metaverse actually succeeds for Facebook? What if they can actually build products that deliver more revenue and growth? Well, that would obviously be a home run, but we won't even count on that. We'll just assume that they shut some of that down. They can redirect a lot of that cash flow into share buybacks. And you've got a company that probably could throw off 40 or 50 billion of annual free cash flow in a steady state, maybe in a year or two as the economy stabilizes. Anyway, that's my general thesis. We can talk more in depth, of course, about this. There are a lot of moving parts of the situation. And feel free to tell me where I'm wrong. Feel free to weigh in. Hit me at TV on Twitter. DM me, email me. Let me know how I'm wrong or how I'm right and how you're thinking about the situation. Keep in mind, meta is a moderately sized position in my overall portfolio, and I always reserve the right to change my mind. So this certainly isn't any specific financial advice to go out and buy the stock. You've got to do your own due diligence and make your own financial decisions. With that being said, we'll go ahead and wrap it up there today, everyone. I hope you have a great rest of your Wednesday, and I will see you all tomorrow. Cheers.